I, if I want to encounter someone, I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely scared of this now. Someone says, oh, where are you from? Shrewsbury. I'd just be like... Nah, nah. <laughs> one for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Season 4 of The Three Amigos. I'm Don and I'm joined as always by my amigos Mars and PJ and our amiga Kylie. Say hello folks. Hola. What's happening? So as always we begin our show with a brief review of the game week that was and that was game week 37 before firmly putting it in our rearview mirror. Top amigo this last game week was PJ. No. Kylie what? has 62 points. I almost gave the um, the rights to starting off to PJ Kylie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, my special moments have been rare enough indeed this season, and you're already robbing one from me. Outrageous. Um, yeah, 62. I'm on a Unfortunately, I've left my good run until literally the end of the season when I can't accomplish anything, but whatever. Um, 62, a nice way to follow up. Um, last week I mean my captain didn't do anything but most of my team did deliver I had Trent, Digne, Lingard, Mares with his little assist thank god, Um, Nacho of course, Ben Teke who is an absolute beast he has not stopped scoring since I brought him in somehow Uh, and Bamford so yeah, all in all, it went well, and I think that was a good result, given it wasn't a particularly high-scoring week. Excellent stuff, Kate. And I was giving it to PJ there, but sure, I skipped over Marzi as well, because Marzi's second of the Amigos on 54 points. Marzi... I just thought you were just... I, just, I thought you were just taking the piss out of PJ. Well, yeah, but, well, I, I probably should have <laughs> with his mid, mid-game week wankery, um, yeah. where he had his little meltdown mid-game week. <laughs> But uh, Mersey, tell, tell it, uh, we'll, we'll come to you in a minute, PJ. You wait your turn, wait your turn. Mersey, 54 points. Yeah, I, I mean, I came into this game uh, worried because I had a lot of uh, high on players that I didn't have. Uh, I think I sent you guys a picture of the, those, you know, the, 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 the skull faces that could really ruin your game week. And it was more sort of midfield. No Lingard, no Bruno, nothing. So, you know, 54 points, can't complain. Joe Willock, I brought him in when he was 0.06 ownership. I brought him in when it was not cool. Now everybody's getting him in and captaining him. I mean, talk about copycats. Yeah, I'm not bitter. Um, but yeah, uh, he was the high scorer. Antonio brought him in as well. He just matched the guy, the guy that I sold, which was Watkins. Well, actually, you know what? It was actually all because of this uh, uh, fake Greenwood news that he was... Um, we heard that he, he might be benched. So I thought, OK, I don't want to take the risk. I can't be bothered. So last minute, I didn't want to... Um, I really wanted Antonio, but I didn't want to uh, bench DCL, so I thought, okay, I'll just sell Watkins instead because he was going because of the tough fixtures. So yeah, that's how it's all down to the Greenwood news that I ended up with Antonio and his nine points. So otherwise, Watkins would have been on my bench and I would be crying. You would be crying and whinging. I yeah. hate bench yeah. points. We know you do. Um, <laughs> yeah, all these people stealing your Willock likes, Mersey. Even though, to be fair, you did get a bit of um, bench look of getting Willock's points off your bench before, didn't you? And he pretty no, much it was, was, Mitchell. was. Was it, it was Mitchell? Mitchell? Was it Mitchell? Willock, st- Will- 
my first week he was on the bench, but that was in a double game week. Mm. But then I got the two two game two game weeks after, so I can't complain. No, you can't complain. Uh, PJ, uh, fifty one points, not too bad. Nothing too um, nothing much to be complaining about, really, is there? Well, always room to complain, Don. But but you know I'm going to focus on the positive, which was the first time this season that a successful hit um, actually kind of came off for me. Um, uh, I brought in. Trent and uh, the aforementioned uh, Willock um, for a kind of 13-point positive swing, which I was I was delighted about, um, particularly given the entire arse kind of fell out of the front end of my team. Bale, Salah, Sun, Greenwood, Calvert-Lewin, Ings scraped 10 points between them. Absolute horror show. So um, it was actually my defence that uh, kind of dragged me to respectability this week. Um, uh, Trent um, was actually the lowest scoring defender, but... Nat Phillips with a heroic 13 and Luca Dean, who finally actually got points on my team and not on my bench. So um, over half my uh, half my points came from my uh, defence this week. So, yeah, I'll take that and, and move on to the final reckoning. Yeah, excellent stuff. Uh, 41 for me, so a bit lamentable. Dinier and Trent, the only ones, and Nacho, of course to do something Lingard and Ailing on my bench I decided I was playing Calvert-Lewin over Lingard um, which the less said about that the better but uh, and and of course Ailing another another um, bonus point clean sheet um, for Ailing two weeks in a row but uh, again I don't think I'm going to be starting them this week but we move on um, PJ come to you with the with your league update so give us the update on who is looking at the, for the final finish line of course in sight um who's looking at to be our champion in our three amigos classic league yes well i think we know the top two names but uh you know i'll start with the i'll start with a few below them so down in fifth um down in fifth, I say, with about 400 points, me uh, more than I, I've got, uh, is uh, Stenhag United, Duck in Stenhag. Number four, up the Ox, Ben Wyatt. Up to third now, Greenwood Studios, Natasha Ray. And it is a straight shootout of the top, but Martial Law, Duraja Reddy has a tw- no, 19 point lead over Christopher Chavon and the sidings. I, I think that will be enough. Martial law has been, um, you know, carrying that flag. It would be, it would be bitter if he, uh, you know, if he dropped it at the last hurdle. And, uh, you know, I'm rooting for him to be honest. You know, but immortality is in his sights. Don't think we're allowed to have favourites. We should be impartial in this, PJ. But um, as always, I'm just, I'm just personally grateful that um, for some reason Lucy Heinert, despite being a uh, a friend of the show, isn't in this league because she would be fucking top of it. Um, uh, not quite sure why she's not, but let's make sure we definitely don't invite her again next year. <laughs> yes, select crew. Um, Lucy, Lucy, maybe is Sean. I have Hutch. a favorite. Do you have I a favorite have a too? Favorite. My favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Number sixty-four is my favorite. That's me, by the way. <laughs> Are you number sixty-four? Yeah, I had to. I had to drop it in somehow. I think this is the highest anyone, any of us have been in that Vigos league. I, I don't know. We never normally make the first page. <laughs> No, I'd, I I wouldn't even want to even look where I am in the league, to be honest. I'm 349th, so I would well, I guess think... you're about 347th, Don. <laughs> yeah, somewhere around there. And K squeezed in between. 
Uh, the, the you know it's uh, no, well done to all of those and uh, Marzi hopefully will get top fifty if you keep keep going one one big strong week one final push. Um, Marzi, uh, now is the time for you to get any of that fantasy angst off your chest in your rant of the week. Yeah, look, a couple of things. Uh, I, I would never um, take the piss out of mental health. But I don't get the, the big announcements, the official, the, the commun, uh, communication official uh, saying, you know, with five paragraphs on why you're leaving. Just uh, leave Twitter and your best mates will realise and others will just notice that you're quiet. Like, there's not, I, I don't get it personally, but fine. And the thing is, actually, most of these guys who do this uh, turn back next week, especially if they have a good week. Again, I'm not taking the piss out of, because, you know, there's a good article actually that's come out. I think from the, the few people, high net wasn't it? Tom from who, who got the assist uh, on on Fantasy Hub, and I think it's, it's it's free for all to read. It's about mental health and, and FBO, and it, it's a serious thing. But I just think like you know, I think sometimes sometimes it can be just to look at me. I'm here. I don't know. I don't get it. But um, the other one is that that, that cracks me up uh, is uh, oh all you mugs that bench Greenwood because of some rumours. Ha ha ha. And then guess what? Greenwood does nothing. Look, man, we get news on Twitter and it's really hard to differentiate between uh, real news and fake news. And sometimes you have to make a decision uh, in a snap in that snap moment. Uh, but taking a piss out of people and then actually then uh, getting humble by in your face, it's quite funny. Um, so, yeah, maybe just remain humble and wait until you actually do better than the, those people who bench Greenwood and then talk about it. Maza. Thanks, Miles. As good as ever. Um, I'd like to add a, a mini rant. Um, and I know people might not want to hear about this subject anymore, but um, I really do think it's it's very important that uh, it is kind of raised. Um, and in a manner that I want to raise it, and that's the and that's the Bruno non-assist. Um, and the reason I want to raise it is because it's because it doesn't exist, and it's it's not ambiguous. And and before when we've had lots of you know, the, the kind of the famous kind of Brunt McCurley and the, you know, the Lukaku and McCain kind of incidents, the Sane non-assist. There's always been that degree of ambiguity kind of over it. And there's been a debate. because it's been, it's been very impossible to kind of prove one way or another. You know, it's like trying to argue whether God's real or not. It's like, you know, you could you can have a big healthy debate on it. But ultimately, there's not been evidence on either side because there's not been the right angle. It's inconclusive. And, you know, we, we can all have that discussion about it. But with the Bruno assist, there was conclusive video evidence that Bruno Fernandes did not touch that ball that led to the assist. There was nobody on Twitter or in the wider football community arguing that Bruno Fernandes touched that ball. There are people saying he didn't, and then there are people saying, get over it. It doesn't matter. And I'm sorry, it really does matter because those three points may seem minimal, but I guarantee you those three points will decide somewhere cash prizes of hundreds of pounds, mini league leaders, potentially the FBL overall prize. And it is totally and utterly fabricated. And FBL had plenty of time. The game week wasn't over. They've done it before to come out and say, look, as the Premier League, look, we now have evidence that this assist did not happen and they should have changed it. And I just think it's, it's so indicative of so many of the errors that the Premier League and Fantasy League have made this season. 
where they just can't admit that they were wrong. Mm. And I, I just want to say that it does matter because it didn't happen. And nobody is going to come on here or, or tweet and say, look, OK, here's evidence for it, because because it's conclusive. It's like it's like saying that I'm a man or a table the table. It He did not touch it. That is an actual fact. And I just three don't points understand why it was Over three given. points add up. But a question for you. Um, and, and, and to be honest, look, it, it seems that's something that runs in this country that we just nobody wants to take accountability and admit their mistakes. It's sad, but but, but it's true, especially when you're running, uh, you know, seven million people. Um, didn't it, is it is it not true that actually if he touched it, no, if he if he didn't touch it, Cavani would have been offside, or is it the other way around? Well, in one, no, he would have been he would have been offside. Um, the goal shouldn't have stood. The, the goal shouldn't Because Bruno didn't touch it, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think yeah. that's yeah. why they gave that assist. I think if, if you look at yeah. the beginning... Of, the wrong decision. The official, official FPL actually did not want to give it. No, they and then it's only when, Opta, yeah. only when Opta changed. And because they don't want to show that the, the referees made... It, I mean, I, I blame VAR, first of all, more than anybody else. How did they decide that they, Bruno himself... I has actually said, yeah, well, did I touch it? Maybe. Well, they gave it to me. Fine. <laughs> Do you know, like, it's quite obvious that no, he didn't. He, did. actually, he actually said, I think I didn't touch it. Yeah. So, exactly, you know. so I think they, they don't want to show that. They, because if, if they don't give it, it's because he didn't touch it. And if he didn't touch it, Cavani was offside, but the goal was given. So they have to. The only reason the goal was given is because Bruno had a touch. That yeah, That was the. That was the, the 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 belief, which which is all all just shocking, as as you said. But do you know what else as well? Like this is a quite definitive case, as as you said, PJ. But it comes, you know, basically a a, a week after Bruno is given a goal that is highly questionable as to whether that should have been given as a goal or an own goal, right? I mean, yeah, that well, one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that was that was ambiguous. I get that. There is grey area on that one, right? But you do, honestly, you do feel like anyone else and it would have been given as, as an own goal. It was very dodgy, very, very dodgy. But there's still room to question it. This one, there isn't. But the fact that it's Bruno again and you're just sort of like, really? Really? It, it, just, it, just, it just leaves such a... Such a bad taste in my mouth. And I understand the argument about the offside. But the point is that lots of... I know we now have VAR, but let's be honest, VAR's not fit for purpose. Dozens, thousands of goals have been given that shouldn't have been given over the years that were onside or offside, kind of incorrectly. The goal has been given at that point. But don't then double down on that mistake by then making up an assist as well. It's just it's just bizarre. You, they, they, no one was suggesting they could have chalked the goal off at that stage. You know, and it was it was a very negligible kind of offside call. But don't just, you know, don't, don't just give the assist to to somebody who didn't touch the ball. It's just it's just utterly bizarre. It reminds me of similar that that ridiculous mistake when that VAR broke or the goal line technology broke, and was it Villa or Sheffield United scored a goal which then wasn't yeah. given, and then yeah. at half time it was proven, and it was the referee even informed the team that I'm sorry that ball was over the line and it should have been given. Uh, and it why was not? Yeah. Nice if he scored. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Was, was that not at, at the end of the season when Vel, Villa yeah. proved that? Villa could have gone down. That was yeah. a decided factor. Now exactly. you can say all you want about, oh, you know, if we knew that there was that much of a difference, bullshit. Like the reality is it came down to 
that goal being decisive and relevant in how a team got relegated that wasn't Villa. That's well, they should have uh, they should have walked the ball or ball in. Where's sportsmanship? You know, Beesler, get him involved. You know, they would have. You know, they should have. If I if I'd been a manager of that opposition team, I would have allowed the opposition to score. I was like, uh-huh. they've had a perfectly good goal to spit. But anyway, but that was last season. So <laughs> yeah, I, I will not. Just a final <laughs> final note on this, and I will. I, you know, people can say that I'm being a vindictive tosser, but I'm I'm not. You know, it, it's not about that. If if there is a cash prize, it's probably unlikely because most people own Bruno at the end of the day. But if there is a cash prize which is being swung on the basis of that three three points that have just been absolutely fabricated, I, I, I'm not going to be honouring it because it's just it's just not it's just not true. It's just made up. But anyway, that's a massive rant in the end, which we all got involved in. Let's uh, let's um, let's do. <laughs> Excellent discussion. The best part of it though was Kylie's really really. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, no, good stuff, folks. Uh, Marzi, hand it over to you to cover off our listener questions, which, as always, will form the the structure, I guess, for our podcast tonight. Yeah, we've got plenty of questions. Uh, with, with it being the final game week, uh, some some important ones, some funny ones. So we'll, we'll, you know, this is the pod that all your questions will be answered. So we're going to do our absolute. Best to answer all of them. Now we're going to start with the with the main topic that a lot of the questions ask about, and I'm going to go through. I'm going to ask the questions, uh, uh, mention everybody who's asked the question about this topic, and then we'll go into the discussion. It's about strikers. Everybody's asking about strikers. People are looking for this optimal strike force, and people are looking to get rid of people like like maybe Dominic Calvert Lewin or. Uh, Watkins or whatever, for because they have tough fixtures, and you've got Bamford and Antonio on fire, so. The legend that is Randy Shafter at Randy Shafter sums it up really. He goes, which of these fuckers should should fill the smoking crater of incompetence left behind by the departing wastrel of existence that is DCFL? Antonio, short smuggler, or Bamford, Herculean pisser, or keep DCL and live in perpetual misery? Um, We also had um, questions um, about uh, the strike force from uh, Nuclear Atoms. He, he asks, should I get Aguero for Kane since he will play the last game? That's what part of his question. I'll come back to the second part uh, because I want to focus on the strike force. Um, uh, Jonathan Strack is asking, who would I get uh, DCL out for? Uh, and then we also had um, uh, Alden Morris. At Alden Morris would appreciate if you all added Nacho versus Spurs into the conversation too while looking at DCL replacements. So people are looking... Uh, definitely, uh, um, Morpheus is looking to bring in Bamford. He wants uh, to, to confer, you know, uh, bias if, if you know, see, see if we agree with that. Um, and then let me see if there's anybody else that asked about that. No, that's it. So, guys, what do we think about our strikers? Kylie, I'll come to you first. Right. So, just one quickly address one of those questions um, because I feel the rest are all sort of in the same vein um no I wouldn't personally wouldn't bring in Aguero for Kane uh I think the point about whether he starts or not is sort of a moot one at the moment the reality is on those occasions he has started he hasn't delivered it just doesn't feel like he's got it and it feels like chasing past returns to go for him now release him into the wild think of him fondly and just 
avoid. I don't. I, it feels unnecessary. I feel that there are better moves to make in this game week to try and catch a win, particularly when Kane should have plenty of motivation. Um, on yeah. the into the wild. on the wild, huh? Release them into the wild. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's just such a questionable phrase in the circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> just free him, you know. Just let it's him. Like drive him, drive him into the outback, and just. Release him into the wild, basically. Yeah. I was more like a... On, on the like, main streets of Manchester, let him fend for himself. Just yeah. release the cage of your fantasy football team and he can fly freely into the future, into whatever he wants to do. Anyway, right, so not the point. Move, moving back. So, like, a lot of the questions are obviously around um, getting rid of Calvert-Lewin, which is always a wonderful idea. Um potentially Watkins as well. And then, as we said, what do we do with Ian Archer? What do we, there's so many in that price range. And it is, frankly, that the budget strikers that everyone has a few of and that they're looking to juggle them around. Um, I personally don't understand. I understand wanting to get rid of Watkins um, and I understand wanting to get rid of Calvert-Lewin. And I have a slight bias about the two of them. Um, but also, I, I just think that, there are exciting alternatives like Antonio. Hell, even Wood plays Sheffield United, right? So there are a bunch of ones. And then you've got the likes of Ian Nacho, who, again, plenty of people sold. And I know he got benched, but then you know what happens when you bench your current best scorer and he comes on and he scores? It's still a really important match for them. So I think he's still a decent shout. And I think it could be a really open game against Spurs. So I would keep him and I would consider, if you don't have a Bambi with uh, Bamford, who most do, I would consider Antonio or even Wood if you want something a bit different. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, PJ, you have Dominic Calvert-Lewin, right? I do. You do. Would you, what do you think of, the City team that is going to rock up at Everton just a week before the Champions League final, is he going to play his best team? You know, yeah, KDB is injured or got a that. knock. Gundogan just got injured. I would be surprised if he played anybody who starts in um, in the Champions League final. I think possibly with the exception of De Bruyne, just because he, he, needs, he needs some minutes uh, because he's kind of just back. But so on that basis, is City's second eleven uh, I mean, defensively what, six, six goals in two games. So exactly. there's an argument to say keep keep Calvert Lewin in in what will likely be quite quite an open game. We know that Everton are you know one of the best teams in the league away from home. So I I I would be surprised if that's a low scoring affair. So I I, I wouldn't be um, rushing to get Calvert Lewin in. You know, my God, I would never advise anyone does that. But um, if you've got him, I think it's a I think I think it's a difficult sell. Um, to be to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, he said Pep said already that Edison is going to be playing the last two games, so they still have a they ain't going to be Scott Carson in goal. Um, Don, what would be your right. ideal three forwards for for the last game week? Well, I had Calvert Lewin as well, and um, 
he was a he was an easy move out for me. The, I was debating whether or not like Aguero is the obvious choice for all of us that have a little bit of a nostalgia at all flowing through our veins. But to to be honest, getting him in this week feels a little bit like the actions of a bald man with the comb over. It's just somebody who just <laughs> won't accept reality and kind of wants to pretend things are the way they used to be. Um. He 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 likely will play though. I would say. I mean, even if you were looking at, I was considering say Torres, who was being um, doing very well, and I know I think PJ has has Torres, um, but um, he's been doing very well. But I would imagine that he's probably close to playing to being in the first team now for um for City. So I probably wouldn't even be relying on him. So I think Aguero will play. But as Kylie said, he just looked hasn't looked good in, in any of the games I've seen him. He just looks like he's lost his pace um, and lost his hunger. Um, so hopefully he'll get it back in the summer because he's still not he's still young enough. But in terms of my the my best front three, I want to have really players who who um, have something to play for, which is the reason why like I went from DCL and I went to Bobby Dazzler, Bobby Firmino, um, and Nacho and Kane. I don't think I want to move away from them because they've all got things they want to have to play for in the last game of the season. As much as there's the possibility with Kane with his big emotional farewell um, for Spurs, but I can't see like him not playing in this final game. Mm. Um, so that's probably my my three um, that I uh, they're my three, so they're clearly the three that I think are the ones to go for. Yeah, uh, I, I can see I can see what you're saying with Bobby and, and Nacho. I would say I agree with Kylie with regards to Bamford and Antonio as well. Nobody's talking about Timo Werner. PJ yeah. is a, there's is a good there reason, a reason for that, Mersey. Yeah. <laughs> no, that'll be, uh, that'll be a, Chelsea need to win. Chelsea yeah, still but... need to win to 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 guarantee. That there's no hiccups. They do. Them. I wouldn't even be surprised if he didn't start though. I think I think Havertz will mm. start that match, and uh, Mount obviously will. So then the formation that he plays uh, means that that's only one place really for for Werner, Pulisic, or Ziyech. So yeah. no, no, I know he's been ticking along, but no, that's an outrageous pun. I, th- I think I think just quickly on this, there are two standout fixtures, and I I don't necessarily buy the line about something to play for with Don. Um, I do with defenders because clean sheets. Um, so, you know, I'd be very interested in indeed own, obviously, double Liverpool defence. I think anyone with something to play for uh, going into the last game of the season, I, I'd expect those games to be kind of pretty tight. But those games off the leash, you know, we often see wildly high scoring matches towards the end of the season um, and indeed have already witnessed that with teams who have been a little bit beached, such as kind of Manchester City and Palace and stuff. So, uh, you know, the two fixtures that stand out for me are Leeds, Leeds versus West Brom. You know, we know how fit Leeds are. So um, Bamford's already mentioned, but for a differential sleeper, I'm very interested in Rodrigo, just mm. from a league perspective, just 5.7 um, back. So he, he's something that's um, a little bit different. And then, again, already mentioned, but, but West Ham, Southampton, Southampton have kept one clean sheet in 20 game weeks they are just woeful at the back they rotate two terrible keepers they can't defend West Ham attack like their lives depending on it so Antonio is yeah and they're still they're still fighting for Europe they want to be in the main Europa not in the conference Europa and um, I know he's not really a striker but I I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago Arsenal Brighton I also think could be could be you know I, I could see Arsenal kind of 
being Arsenal and kind of comically winning that like four or five nil as mm. if you know, they 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 played like that all season. Um, so Aubameyang would definitely be somebody who who I might yeah. be as well. Keep, so, keep, keep keep those differentials. We, we have question about that, but yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I see where you're coming from. So we've been talking about strikers. If it was a straightforward swap, you know, lots of people got. Loads of money. DCL is quite expensive. Most of those players that we mentioned are cheaper than him. Uh, Don, you you brought in Bobby. Would you would you would, would you think um, FBL report uh, 100 uh, at uh, Mick Charman is asking is it worth a minus four to get Bobby in for DCL? Would you take a hit to bring in Bobby? No, I'm kind of wary enough of the no, probably not in that move. As much as he, it's. You know what? The way I'd look at it is, what what have you got really riding on this last game week? If you want to have fun and DCL is wrecking your head, then go for it, look. Because at the moment, DCL has just been frustrating the bejesus out of me. I've had him for about 10 game weeks, holding him for the doubles, has done diddly squat most of the time. And um, and he's just he's just one of these players that I don't particularly want to bench because it would be the ultimate kick in the balls for this season to see him going off in game week 38 if I've after benching him. But it's but yeah. So if it's if he's really wrecking your head, I'd be going yeah, hundred percent sell him. But for a hit, I probably wouldn't because it's a little bit of it feels a little bit of a, you know, similar kind of potential I guess um, players because I don't think Bobby like is going to score a hat trick in this last in last in this last game. Um, so that's the way I'd be thinking of it, not for a hit. Cool. Um, right. The next topic that we that we want to touch on is uh, United. So we have a lot of questions about selling Bruno, and our friend uh, King at FBO uh, Viking is asking, "What is your feeling on United assets going into the final game? If you had Bruno and Greenwood, surely you would need to lose one. Who would you guys recommend going into the final game week that's hungry enough to get some points? Kylie, you've got both Bruno and Greenwood. I have not. Sorry? I don't have either of them. Oh, you I sold both of them? Yeah, okay. I sold both of them. Um, now, theoretically, it didn't seem like... Well, I was always selling Bruno. So mm, Bruno mm. has obviously done well. He would have been the, the better, arguably, one to hold. Um, but I sold him. I was always selling him. Um, I did sell Greenwood for Mares in a situation that didn't particularly work out well. But then Mares you know, played and he got an assist. So it's kind of no worse off. Um, yeah. What's your feeling about them? So are you happy that you've sold? Do you think they will play in the last game? I'm quite happy that I sold, to be honest, just because I feel like it removes a bit of a headache and frees me up. Um, I think, you know, they have other priorities. I can't see why they would play a massive amount of minutes. I'm not saying that I think he's going to go and bench everyone, but, I mean, it just doesn't particularly make sense to me um, in that match that that they should play substantial minutes. Yeah. A, a, I mean, he, he could, yeah. Uh, second is confirmed. So exactly. no one's going to catch them. Yeah. They, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. You, would think, you would think, you know, that one of them should play 60 minutes. One of them might play, you know, I, w- I would assume, I think that Bruno will start, right? But I just think that it makes sense for him to be taken off early. Um, Greenwood, I don't know. Does he play 60 minutes? Does he play 30? I'm not, I'm just not sure. And I think that in the last game, it just doesn't particularly appeal to me to, to have that element of risk. So I think it's easier if you don't have them because 
then you can just kind of go, okay, whatever, I'll actually, I'm just going to look elsewhere for this one last week. I think if you have them in your team, it's a lot trickier because then you're wondering, do I really want to take them out? You know, lots of people own Bruno. What if Bruno does run a mark? What if, you know, he scores a goal that's an own goal and, you know, gets an assist that he didn't touch the ball on? Who knows? It's Bruno. BJ, <laughs> so, uh, um, <clears throat> as our resident uh, United fan, uh, what do you think? So Jonathan Strack is basically saying, I've got two, tra- two free transfers, Bruno and DCL out, already have Salah, looking to defend a small mini-league. Who would you, uh, and uh, King is already asking, who, who do you think are uh, better players, you know, a good hungry players to bring? Um, that guy Morpheus, uh, that guy Morpheus is also saying, I want to get rid of Bruno and DCL. I'm thinking Bamford and one other recommendation and rationale, please. So let's focus on Bruno. First of all, do you think Bruno and Greenwood would, will play? If not, who would you replace Bruno with? You already mentioned Aubameyang. Anybody else? Um, I think they'll both play, to be honest. And I think, I think um, you know, Greenwood uh, will definitely come on for 30 minutes if he doesn't start. Uh, uh, but I think, I personally believe both will start. I think there are defenders because we've got very few options there um, from the kind of first team who, who will be, um, who will definitely be rotated out. Um, you know, I don't think Shaw will play. I'd, I'd be surprised if Wan-Bissaka or Lindelof play. Um, I think we'll see a bit of a, a kind of shadow defence. But Bruno is a player who likes rhythm. You know, uh, Greenwood, as we said, has got, has got you know, minutes in the tank. So I expect him to play. We've, we're obviously treating Rashford very carefully. He's, he's quite literally limping to the end of the season. Uh, we need to wrap him in cotton wool ready for the final. Um, McTominay's got a knock, so there's no way he'll play. Um, you could argue that we need Pogba kind of wrapped in cotton wool for that final as well. But Bruno never gets injured. He'll, he'll play. I think... I think in terms of how who you take out, it depends on it, it depends on your personal position. So someone I know one of the people you mentioned there is defending a mini league. Look, you know, with a huge caveat of please make your own decisions and don't listen to my advice. If you, I think if you're defending a lead, I think it's a hard, hard move to take out, particularly Bruno. Um, I, I would, I think he'll start, and I think he'd likely just leave him in there. It's a protective move. However, if you're chasing. I think I think it's a yeah it's a gamble circumstance and I think you've almost kind of got to gamble and go for it. So someone like Morpheus, obviously in the lower echelons of a table, I think yeah, have a punt. <laughs> Why not? It's the final week of Bamiyang, as we've mentioned. Maybe one of the um, you know maybe Habaks at Chelsea. Uh, I would also uh, look at Mane uh, if you haven't got um, if you've got room for another Liverpool asset there in in terms of that replacement as well and some of the West Ham boys um uh you know Ben Rama you know Flapjack's captain very successfully and um you know Man City if we get early news on who the Man City team is I do think that Man City Everton game will still be very entertaining and yeah you know there's another option there so there's plenty of options on the last day of the season for a one-week punt I wouldn't be yeah. taking a hit just final point a few people I know a few people have already mentioned that on questions it's just no it's no time to kind of pay off for it. I think the only way I would make a hit again is if you're in a a situation where you're you're either bringing someone in who you then want to captain in a kind of all gung ho kind of you know blaze of glory or you're you're protecting someone so you know if you don't have Bamford and Rafinha and the person ten points behind you does it might be worth say bringing them both in for a hit. I see what you mean. I'm taking a hit. 
um, but that's because I want the players that I don't have and they excite me. So I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna get Rafinha in and you'll I, never I get him. in the top fifty of the Amigos League with that attitude. Oh, we we will talk about it on Sunday again. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, the next one is uh, is an interesting one, Don. I'm gonna come to you. So the next topic we're going to talk about is the impact of fans. So a lot of questions have come in. Uh, how do we feel about impact of home fans? And I've got a free hit. I want to focus on uh, players with the home. I mean, th- my first question to you is, do you believe home fans make an impact? Because personally, I don't. I think class players are class players, home or away. Fans, in general, just actually make players play better. We saw, I don't think any of the games that we watched during the week, the fans impacted. What, what do you think, Don? Before we go into the questions, do you think fans I had think an impact? They, I think they definitely do. Um, I think you could easily see, even in the first half of the Liverpool versus Burnley match, that the fans, I think Burnley played a lot better in the first half. The fans were up for it. And yeah, Grand, when Liverpool started scoring goals, they went a little bit quiet and... They didn't have the impact to maybe drive Burnley, who are, you know, as our friend Claret would say, um, the ultimate team on the beach at the moment. You know, Burnley, uh, Burnley has historically have been that team, but definitely they saw an impact. I mean, Spurs won't, won't have didn't see much of a, a boost from having their fans back because of the way they treated them. Spurs, but United. Think, mm, but I think, you- but I think Liverpool fans. I think when they get into the stadium on Sunday, they'll be absolutely dying for it. And I think it will make a massive impact. I, I, I agree. But Liverpool have something to play so for. For me, Liverpool have something to play for. I think I there's, I think there's a lot of players though, a lot of teams that 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 generally their fans might want to. And I'm thinking like say Leeds, their fans mm-hmm. will be dying to get in there and show show their players what they kind of how how they, much they've enjoyed this season, I guess, and what they've done for them in the season. Um, you know, so th- there are there are teams with with yeah, good I agree. Home I, I guess yeah, I guess some teams will, will will see that impact better than others. I I still think the class of a player will show. Uh, it gives them an extra ten percent though, and it can give them a boost at times when they need it. That can mm-hmm. influence the mm-hmm. result. You know what I mean? It's just brilliant seeing fans back. Don't get me wrong. Listening to people singing, booing, everything. So nuclear atoms at, at particle uh, underscore impact is saying which FA assets will benefit the most with fans being back in the stadium. And to just uh, build up, build on on this question with uh, with other questions, so we can we can uh, group them together. Dix Dix Delhi at no more no more no more great. Okay. You are great to us. I'm using my free hit and intend to load it with home team players in front of home crowds for maximum points. Some differentials would be good, please. Uh, PJ, so do you do you agree that the home, so I agree with Don Liverpool leads those those loud fans um, will will make an impact. But we also saw that United had fans made no impact. Spurs had fans made no impact. What what do you think and who would you? Focus yeah, I think on? It, I think it's difficult and it's such a. You know, it's, it's it's not a large sample. Like, kind of question is rigged in terms of a. I do think there are teams that have have benefited from having no fans this season, and teams that haven't. But if you, I think trying to boil that down to a kind of one game punt is is very very difficult. You use mm. examples. I mean, look, I, I watched the Everton game, and and you know that first half, um, Everton fans were booing and groaning after half an hour. You know, at nil nil, and they always do. Um, PJ, they always yeah. Do. <laughs> 
I'm just saying it could work both ways. I mean, look, on the one hand, if if say if you take the Liverpool match as an example, if Liverpool get an early goal, um, then that crowd is is going to be absolutely fantastic. But it could, you know, if it's nil nil, kind of seventy minutes, um, the the tension and nerves in crowd can potentially feed off players. So it's it, 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 it's very difficult. Like you said, it didn't help Spurs. It didn't help Man United. Um, I would just be targeting the, you know, the, the teams as I've already said with the best fixtures. Now, as it happens, Leeds United and West Ham United are two of those teams, and they're both at home anyway. So yeah, why not take some? Yeah. Pun- pun- I agree. I think I think and Leeds. Then- yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Paddy. So I, I was actually just going to come in on Leeds as well. I actually think they're kind of the the ultimate pick in this category because they do have you know they do have motivation like they're playing in front of their fans they got promoted the fans haven't been able to attend matches you know this is and and they've had an an excellent season so i think this is this could be a celebration moment for leeds in front of their fans and it's a non pressure moment because unlike the other ones that are important matches you know so leicester liverpool they have a lot riding on that where as pj said you know, you could also get this element of, yes, there's excitement, but there's also that tension with so much hanging on the line. You don't have that situation with the Leeds match. So I could see them just absolutely running riot and really enjoying themselves and giving something back to the fans and feeling that vibe. So, you know, they are one. I think you have to look. I think it's less about who the home crowd is though I agree that fans influence matches. Um, And, you know, if you want to take that home look, just still look at the teams that have a good fixture. And it is like Leeds, West Ham, these kind of teams that have a good home fixture. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with the the free hit, definitely I'll be focusing on teams like Liverpool, West Ham, Leeds, those teams. uh, um, Absolutely. And maybe players that... where I don't, where I don't agree with with PJ's about um, something to play for. I I do think Kane wants that golden boot. I think Salah wants the golden boot, but both of them will always. Well, I don't know about Kane. Salah will put his team first. Kane has got nothing to to lose now. But uh, Salah has been lately. He's been passing a lot more, and I think they all. Re- he he said it before. Of course, I love all the trophies, but it's, it's about Liverpool first. Um, One but day I don't think these players. Sorry, Marzi. The, no, right. I, I thought you were finished there. But the one thing is, if, if you're on free, free hit, it's obviously a big advantage for waiting for that Man City team news because you could potentially... A lot of the Man City players are low ownership. And if you are going to have a team of differentials, not that Everton's defence is like that mind-blowing. So Man City in front of their fans, I'm sure they're absolutely thrilled about their title win this season. So um, they'll... I'm saying this in the most sarcastic tone possible, by the way. I hope you're picking up on it, listeners. But um, <laughs> the Man City fans will be there to kind of um, to cheer them on, I guess. And you, even if they are, um, you know, maybe the second string, Man City's second string is um, is pretty phenomenal. So you probably have a bit of a potential boost there with if you do get some inkling of the lineup before um, before the deadline. Right, I, I want to see which uh, which side of the fence you sit on, and I think I can see what where Kylie is with the with the next question. Romero and Dolvo at Romero underscore and Dolvo investing all my eggs in one basket. My question is, which is the best triple up? Liverpool, Trent, Mo Mane, or Leeds, Bamford, Raf, Rafinha, and Rod, Rodrigo, or West Ham, Cresswell, Antonio, and Lingardino. 
Kylie, I think you're quite clearly fancying Leeds, and, and, and I can agree uh, with that. Is that fair, or do you think do you, would you would you go Liverpool and West Ham ahead of Leeds? I definitely wouldn't go West Ham. Um, okay. Because Cresswell has been not a great shout for a good long while. Obviously, he had a phenomenal season, um, but for the last quite a number of weeks, he's been injured and and then not injured and. You know, certainly not getting any of the assists that he was getting earlier in the season. And, you know, in, in fact, it's, it's Sufal who has been doing well um, in that time. Mm. So I, I just don't see the attraction of a triple up. I can understand people who already own Lingard going and um, investing in an additional one, Antonio or Sufal, but I, I wouldn't want the triple up. Leeds, yeah, I, I can see why. Um it's affordable and easy enough to do without having to take a hit. And I think that's one reason that would favour them over um, Liverpool. Liverpool's a little bit tricky to do that. But I, I guess what I would say is that I wouldn't sort of say no to a Liverpool triple up. I do think it's nice to have a bit of variety in your team on this last day with, with many fixtures to go, because we just don't know how things will let up, end up. So, you know, I would try to, to mix it up a little bit. But I do think that of all the teams, Liverpool and, and Leeds are, are good options because they have good fixtures and they have different types of motivation. Cool. PJ, what do you think? Which triple up would you would you go for? Well, on any club or? Well, West Ham, Leeds or Liverpool? Um, I think... <laughs> Give me a um, one, two, three. Probably Liverpool. Seconds. Probably Liverpool because I think they've got the most chance of a clean sheet as well. Um, I, 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 you know, West Brom have still been scoring. Pereira. Yeah, so yeah, still, still was that direct? Did it count as direct? Or did somebody get a touch on it? Was it direct or did someone <laughs> get a touch on it? <laughs> no, I, I could, I couldn't. I, I was watching both games at the same time, and obviously I was more interested in one game than the other. No, Don? it was an own goal, but I, yeah. I ran about. Does yeah. that mean you're not assuming Dallas will score a goal? He doesn't need a clean sheet, does he? Dallas no, is in my team. He's going for a while. He tends to save his, save his goals. For it's the, because uh, everybody's piling on him now. 60%. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Again. <laughs> I'm not one of them. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't trip had, up West Ham. He's had big chances in the last two games. And normally he would smash those in. He's had two big chances, at least, in the last two games. They, they, would, um, they would definitely be my luck. I'd rather triple up on Newcastle than West Ham. Jesus. So you, think fa- so you think fans in the stadium don't have a massive impact on players, but their fantasy ownership does, Mersey? Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I, yeah. I clarified what I was saying. Some play- I, I think... Mersey, I'm trying... Come on, come on. I'm trying to just discredit you here. Just just let me go. <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, yeah, fine. Uh, yeah. In my, my rank, it'd, be, three, yeah, it'd yeah. be Liverpool 1, Leeds 2, West Ham 3. But cool. of course, it's all about budget. I mean, that, that triple up for Liverpool yeah. is going to cost a hell of a lot more. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, a lot of people have Salah and Fender, and I think people are looking either going double with Robo because he's got Bruno two assists, or, yeah. or Mane from Bruno, which is easy to get to. Mm. I can see why people are doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, right now, I'll take a 1-0 win as long as Leicester don't smash uh, Spurs and whatever. I'll, I'll sign for that right now. We'll take it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next few questions are all about mini-leagues. Now, people are now realising maybe OR is not the be-all and end-all, and they're focusing on their mini-leagues and trying to get any help they can to win those mini-leagues or finish above that person that they really hate. 
So uh, Lili C at Lili Kami is asking, if your mini league is down to the last game with hardly any points in it, six behind in my case, be, ca- be cautious or go wild. Kylie, what, what would you do? Six points behind. Would Sorry, you be cautious? Um, mini league six- is down to the last game, six points behind. Would you be cautious or go wild? You don't win anything by being cautious. You know, I, I mean, I don't think you have to go completely bananas, right, and take a bunch of hits because it is a narrow gap and one clean sheet over and above your competitor, you know, it has you almost there. Um, but I certainly wouldn't go for the ultra safe option. I would ensure that I'm captaining someone who I don't believe that person will. And I mean, let's be honest, someone who's in front is probably going to be captaining the obvious option. So just swerve that. You can find a balance between the two um, with, you know, not kind of throwing full caution to the wind, but also just trying to find our point of differentiation or an opportunity to narrow what is a very viable gap. Yeah, Monk, uh, agree. Monk, uh, PJ, Adrian at Adrian JP 15 is asking, I need six points to catch a rival. So another six pointer. Everybody, maybe these are, maybe these are the two fighting each other. They don't. <laughs> Is is Bruno Tumani captain a good punt? I already have Salah. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Which means no, Adrian. Don't do it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Why 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 even ask? <laughs> I love you, you know that. I agree. I think uh, I think if you're chasing Mane punt, I think Mane wants to finish with a high. Um yeah. Uh, Don, Jonathan Strack. At J Strike One, who to captain? Bamford, Antonio, or Salah? Need to defend five point mini league. This is this one is a five pointer. Um, other players, other player has all three players. So if you're defending, Don, what would you do? If I'm defending, it'd be going Salah. Yeah. And um, yeah, an attack, it'd be if probably Bamford. But then if I feel really like going on the attack, it'd be Antonio. But um, I'm just a bit disappointed that um, if PJ was going to say, I like it, I like it a lot, that he didn't say it like the guy from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. um, FBL rookie and FBL underscore addictive. Can you help me delete the rival team? The gap is 40 points. I can't help you delete them, but if you can hack their team and change it into a racist name, they'll get kicked out. Or write to FBL and tell them that they have two teams. They might get kicked out. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I want. You know. They might owns the other one look I want to know like if we're talking about um, gaps to chase I want to know what the moves are to to close a 125 point gap you know all these five six pointers seriously 125 is that Paul by any chance no he's behind me (laughs) oh good god Who's, who's, who's 125 points ahead of you my cousin the one who's incredibly jammy the one who got uh Dallas off the bench with 17 points and then played Johnston in that week. And it was like Under a 30. 25. Kali, you might just have to admit defeat oh, uh, I, on this one. <laughs> as long as I finish ahead of um, a few certain people. Yeah. This, <laughs> this one is not a very famous rock star. FBL rock star is asking, any tips for someone who's three points and 19 FBL points clear at the top of their cash head-to-head mini league? So... Uh, it's funny because Rocky's playing me in the final game, and if he wins, he gets the he, he wins the league. This is the league that we're running, the Shisha and Chill League. And actually, my two two of my amigos are fighting with him, potentially Kylie and PJ. You you guys can still 
win, right? Or or be in the money anyway. Well, we we could still come second, but yeah, I don't. Yeah. So, do you have any tips for Rockstar? I don't think this is the place that I'm gonna give him any tips, to be honest. Any tips? Um, No. Captain Sapphire. That's the advice I always give Rocky. Um, well, I, well, I'm really the only one who can give Rocky tips because I'm the only one who doesn't isn't invested in um, in him losing or doing well this week. So, Rocky, my main tip is maybe keep an eye out on Twitter around about the lineup deadline because you might get some um, early team news and um, it might be able to help you in making your transfers. <laughs> yeah, good advice, Don. Watch out for those uh, computer errors as well, Rockstar. I don't want to get caught out by them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, there's some salt in the air today. Um, right, uh, we have another one. This this the, one of the best humble brags I've, I've, I've read. Dave Vinton at Dave Vinton. I'm 103 points clear at the top of my, my cash league. One free transfer. Key question: Should I spend the winnings now or wait until Monday? Fantastic, Dave. Well done, mate. Uh, 103 points. I think you can safely say that you've. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, right, advert. Uh, FC advert will it captain again who are even Newcastle playing no he's not uh, Bruce came and said it was more fatigue the Fulham are Fulham. playing Fulham who are just absolutely rubbish I would say yes mate go on why not if you're chasing if you want to have fun yeah. Willock is the man to captain <clears throat> um Jimmy, the Claret at Claret FPL. If you had one of the Men in Black mind eraser machines, which game week from this season would you wipe from your memory? And yes, you can only pick one. I'm going to pick it for you. At least for you, PJ. You go back and make sure Shrewsbury don't have COVID. Fucking bastards. Held it, Marcy. Uh, Don, do you have a a, 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 minute, uh, a a week that you think, oh my good God, I could get, uh, you know, I could live with I, that, that? You know what? I saw the tweet um, from Claret coming in and I was debating putting in some energy and actually looking back on my game weeks to try to figure out which one was kind of the worst. But um, this season seems to have lasted about 10 years. So didn't have the energy. Sorry, Jimmy. Um I'll just go with last game week because I'm the fourth of the Amigos. So I'll just go with game week 37, okay? <laughs> um, Kylie, are you also sharing the, you know, the Shrewsbury uh, heartache? No, 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 I'm not. That that really, you know, didn't help matters at all. But um, I, unlike Don, have a couple of weeks quite firmly imprinted on my brain. And indeed, for a, a good 31 weeks, I would have said game week three uh, when I had a 32-point score with an eight-point hit. So it was, what, net 24? That that would have won. But then game week 34 happened. And Liverpool and United had their match postponed. And I ended up with 18 points. I broke my own record. I even broke PJ's record for the worst ever points scored in a game week. So, yes, I would like to take that back. I would rewind that, especially because I've that, you know, I've otherwise had a good run the last few weeks. But I just knowing that I have that in me, it just took me to a new low. 
Yeah, I think 34 for me was was quite a bad game week. Uh, as I ha- yeah. 30. Exactly. 30. Uh, you know, that was my average for most of the season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PJ, this one is directly to you. and I I, I think it's a joke. But anyway, uh, um, Axel at Axel Spence. Look, Monkey, I don't even know which one you are in the pod. Please identify yourself. Yeah, I think I've had this a few times. Um, uh, I mean, we, we literally say been... Kylie, Mars and Don. So if, somebody, yeah, I mean, if they don't know you think, as PJ. Yeah, you think my powers of deduction. <laughs> yeah, they, they could work it out. But um, a few people, I had, I had two comments, two comments last week of, of like, um, um, I didn't even know you were on me, Amigos Pod. It's like, who the fuck do they think this person is? Yeah. Oh, God. But also, like, I, I'm just very confused because why do they think that you're tweeting about your experiences on a podcast that you're not on every well, week? Yeah. It's bizarre. We can confirm Kylie is not PJ. Don is not PJ. Uh, or, or not Monkey. And I am Mars. So that do leaves PJ. Do they think your name is actually Monkey? Maybe. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, a lot of people call me Monks. And, you know, maybe that, that, there's an element of there. But, you know, I mean, you know, I know we used to make a joke that before you, uh, you know, caved in and made me a regular member, I was arguably your your biggest fan. But, you know, there's, if people think that I'm... I'm tweeting out questions for somebody else to answer every single week. <laughs> you really well, you're you're the definition. You're every groupie's dream. Like if you hang around long enough around the band, that you'll get invited on. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, Amund, Nordic Mike, by was Jolinton a good captaincy choice for game week 37? Oh. I can see it, Amund. I can see it, but in hindsight. Probably no. On a more serious note, got three injuries and Millier. OR is 270k. Don't care much if I drop more. He's basically looking for some options. He's got injuries for... Uh, let me see who's who's in his team is injured. He does admit afterwards that he's basically asked us to fix his team, but it's fine. Sam Maximilian, Joel Limpton is both injured. Millier is injured. So I think we, we said we covered a lot. I don't see he has Rafinha. So, you know, Sam Maximilian to Rafinha is probably a no-brainer. Download, uh, downgrade Joel Limpton to anybody else. Uh, he's got Mount on the bench, so you can play that. There, there's there, a lot of options for you there, mate. Um, Adam, at 3-5-Who. It's quite a serious question for Adam. Being as objective as possible, has this been a good season of football? Don, has this been a good season of football? No, I think it's been horrific. I think the standard has been really bad this year. Um, I think the players have really struggled. They at the after the start restart last season, I think there was an element of novelty in it for for both us as fans, but also the players. Even they were kind of you know putting themselves through it, and they were going right to get through a few months. But um, I think this season has been a bit of a slog, um, and the quality just hasn't been there. Even in in terms of like the um the league. I mean I don't think Man City have been that stunningly good this season. They just haven't had anyone at all to really push them to be close to their level this season. So um yeah I'm not a not a fan at all. The football this year I think has definitely suffered um behind closed doors, which you can fully understand if you ever listen to a game without any of the fake commentary on yeah. because you yeah. know there's just no atmosphere it's, there though. Is is for me is that plus it's hard because people say, oh, you Liverpool fans, you're a bit bitter. Well, yeah, of course I am. However, I just think the fact that they had hardly any break, the turnaround was so quick, 
the amount of injuries at the beginning, then with COVID, and they didn't ban, they didn't stop international stuff. So the disruptions for everybody. Um, look, do I, th- I? But on the other hand, I, I see Leeds playing some fantastic football and really enjoying being back. Right, uh, the battle for fourth is going all the way. Yes, the title was not the same, but we've been spoiled for two title races, and for us to be involved as well, Don. You know, got a feel for United fans. They don't even know what a title race is anymore. I mean, we were involved in the last two. This one was nothing, but at least there's a fight for fourth. Uh, relegation was sorted out, so not not a lot to fight for. Kylie, what what do you think? You, you're you're neutral. So, what do you think of this season? Was it a good or a bad season for football? I'd I'd actually agree in part with with what both of you have said. Um, uh, you know, you do look at City, right, and you think. Historically, the last few seasons, they haven't looked as consistently irresistible as they have in previous seasons. Defensively, better, right? But um, they haven't had that magic. A lot of their players, I mean, look at Sterling, right? Massive drop-off. But yet, on the flip side, and I, I do think it has felt like a long season, even though it's been shorter right it's just felt very dragged out it's probably felt that way for players as well they've mm. been a lot of football and as you said minimal break um so th- there is an element you know of fatigue that surely has to come in and especially when there's that layer of uncertainty there that just hasn't been there before mm. you know, so much going on with covid you know like the whole um Super League thing, just like this context of like just crap going on all over the place. But then you do look at the likes of Leeds. You look at West Ham, who barely got out of relegation last year and have done really well. So there, you know, there are good stories there, and there have been there have been highlights. But I I think it's certainly the most unpredictable kind of bizarre season. Yeah. Pisa, what about you? Um, the football and maybe the drag dragging out of games. Part yeah, well, you know enjoyed the game. on the uh, on the dragging out of games. I think it's been, I think it's been absolutely awful, and I just so hope that is cold for next season. Um, it was it was great to see games kicked off at relatively similar times. It was nothing. I just so many football fans when you because you can only watch one game at once. Realistically, I know people can set up multiple screens, but you know generally that. The, thrill of watching the game and then seeing the scores pop up and and then coining that initial kind of FPL question obviously which kind of Tom and Nick called into a podcast of who got the assist because it never tells you you know you get that and just that kind of that element of mystery rather than just you know every second of every game being broadcast to us so so that you know that has been been terrible and I just so hope because that's in, in everyone's control I so hope that changes for next yeah. year. So hope. Um, See, but, I, and in terms of, no, no, sorry. I was just going to say, in terms of the season itself, which is obviously, I, I think it's, I think it's been really poor. I think City have won without really having to kind of ever kind of get into kind of first gear. I think, yeah, obviously there've been some success stories. You know, you've identified them in terms of like Leeds and West Ham. There's always going to be those type of stories, and that's great. But you know, where where are the players of the season? You know, where 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 are the you know, if you look at Manchester United, has anyone really had a good consistent season? Luke Shaw. 
But yeah, Luke Shaw, you know, kind of maybe Man City have won it at a canter. Could you name anyone other than Diaz who has had a consistent... Not really. You know, no, for, a, Ford has shown uh, bits and pieces. Morris has shown bits and pieces. But... Who else there? Yeah. Liverpool, no. Chelsea. Nope. Chelsea are going to finish third, probably. The top scorer is Jorginho. <laughs> I, mean, I know that's it. <laughs> come on. It's just, there's been so few of those. There's been yeah. very few great games. I think, has there been a great game that hasn't involved Leeds United all season? It's, you know, it's, um, you know, so it's been a really, really poor season for me um, as an as a overall fan. As, as a Man United fan, yeah, you can mock, but second is progress. Obviously, final coming up this week. I'll take that. But I've, I've enjoyed watching Man United play football again. But as the season's got on, I've watched less and less and less games, despite yeah. more and yeah. more being on. And I, I can really, can really do the break. See, and I'm sure in a couple of months, I'll come back refreshed and ready to watch football again. Same, yeah. But during the lockdown, I really appreciated having football on because when Initially, it was in, yeah, in the definitely. strictest, yeah, absolutely, when it was at the strictest levels something to look forward to, you know, you enjoyed watching the game, but after a while, it does drag on you, and let's link this to the next question, which is from FPL uh, Apina, Findu, uh, your friend. Uh, why has this been such a shit FPL season? So, we've th- just talked about the football season. Why do we think it's been a shit FPL season? Has Does the dragging of games do it? Is it the fact that, I don't know, template has always been boss, and if you try and deviate or do something fancy, you get burnt? What, what, what do you guys think? Don, what do you think? Uh, firstly, Kehi Wiltu. Um, he is actually um, half Irish. So his dad yeah, is yeah, actually yeah. from... Yeah, yeah. The, to be honest, FBL, I think this season has structured... Uh, I think the structure of the games with every match being on at different times has really, I think, impacted on the enjoyment of it. It's part of the kind of buzz a bit on kind of a Saturday afternoon with the, you know, with multiple kickoffs going on at the same time. And you've got a lot of things going on, a lot of matches to be keeping an eye on. And you can't actually watch them all. So you might be listening to a radio show and kind of just keeping up with or um, like that Sky Sports news. And you're basically trying to keep up with the games and seeing the goals as they go in or hearing about them. But I think now at the moment, I think it's made it, it the whole season has been a bit exhausting because if anyone does want to try to keep up with their players, there's it's very hard to actually avoid it. As much as I do switch off my phone and I switch off Twitter for hours, but it is actually kind of hard to do it um, because you do kind of feel the urge to check in and see how your player is getting on, your team's getting on. So I think that has been the thing that has mainly impacted on the FBL enjoyment this season, as well as, you know, the things we were talking about earlier on in terms of fixtures getting changed around at the last minute when, and it's been very, very hard to plan like for double game weeks or or anything around there, um, especially at the beginning when players were more players were um you know running the risk of testing positive for COVID at the beginning. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's where really where I'm yeah. going with it. PJ, do you think it, it turned shit? Do you think it turned shit when you captain Barkley or Shrewsbury? Which one weighs more? It's just <laughs> I will never, I will never set foot in Shrewsbury. I just, just <laughs> no, it's just no, I just I can't, you know. If I, if I, if I want to encounter someone, I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely scared of this now. If someone says, "Oh, where are you from, Shrewsbury?" I'll just be like, <laughs> um, uh, no. just it was the whole thing was no. Just bastard. You sounded like one of your cats there, PJ. Yeah. Next, mate. What do you two boys think? Well, what's been your highlight of the season? Kraken being sacked, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. Well, for you, what? 
for you, obviously, you know, you, you're not used to being um, at the rank that you are on, right? You, you're a good, good player. Nervous has obviously comfortably been my worst, my worst season playing fantasy football. Yeah, why did you just say that to Kylie? She's the yeah, only one. Still... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because we, we talked. I'm, I'm coming to Kylie in the la- as the last person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, hey, hey, hey! My turn to have a dig. <laughs> so, Kylie, <laughs> why, why do you think? Do you think this has been a shit season? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, um, because I, I've, I've never finished even remotely near where I've been, and 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 that's currently me at the high point of my season. Right. So it has been catastrophic. Um, I definitely think that there's a lot of a lot of factors there. I, I didn't have a good start. Um, I did have a number of things go wrong. Then you sort of uh, quite often you can let that impact on your decision making um, and you're maybe making rash decisions to try and compensate for those factors. And it just kind of becomes a bit of a spiral. Um, there is also the fact that, as, as you know, PJ mentioned, um, and, and we've all sort of mentioned, because this was not a season that rewarded planners, it was really, you know, all of those opportune moments that I'd identified and planned for and worked towards to make gains. And then, you know, when the carpet sort of ripped out from under you um, and it doesn't work out, but all those people who didn't bother to plan anything actually end up better off. It's quite you know, you just sort of sit there and then think, well, this is really hard to compete with. Um, but I do mm-hmm. think the, the prevailing thing, as we've all said, is that, you know, good weeks or bad weeks, regardless, um, in any normal season, you have relief from the game. You know, you have time to process and everything. And also critically is that, and it's kind of been alluded to here, and it's certainly been talked about in the wider community, um, but, you know, because of the fact that those matches aren't all individually on, you know, not only do you have the, the buzz of trying to figure out um, what's going on in a match that you're not watching, it, it's also the fact that because there are multiple things going on at the same time, you know, the good and the bad for your team tends to sort of, you know, it, you're getting a digest of it. So it's not like the whole emphasis is on this player who just got sent off and I've no one else in this game and I just have to sit here and watch this match. You know, if there's multiple games on, that's getting balanced out, maybe by someone else scoring or whatever. And then, you know, you've got this brief period of watching and then it's done. You kind of switch off for a bit and then you start thinking about it for the next week. We just didn't have those periods this week. It was just a lot yeah. Yeah. You know, it was constant. And in a hard season and an, a, a, a very unpredictable season, that just becomes even more intense. So I think we're all, yeah. frankly, a bit exhausted now. <laughs> yeah, it it's, like, it's, it's, it's a tough one. To labour that point, but that's, that's what makes the game fun and that's what makes football fun. And it's, it's indicative of, of what happened with the European Super League where, where the organisers and Sky are as culpable as anyone of this just don't understand what it's like to be a football fan and actually kind of enjoy football um, in terms of we, we want, you know, we don't, most football fans don't want to watch 10 games. They want to watch their club and maybe a couple of others. And, and that's enough. Most people have families, have lives, you know, and stuff. Nobody ever watched every football match. It's ridiculous. And from an FPL perspective, it, I remember like those great moments of, of FPL 
um, in my kind of mini leagues and stuff where you have both kind of crazy kind of ends to kind of game weeks or months whereby, you know, in the 80th to kind of 90th minute with multiple games going on, I recall like, you know, leads changing hands kind of two or three times because somebody would score and then a team would concede and then someone would get sent off. And, and those are my favourite memories from a kind of kind of a, um, a kind of camaraderie and kind of banter kind of point of view playing fantasy football. And there's just never been any of that this season because every game pretty much you know we might get a glimpse of it on the final day hopefully has 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 been has been staggered so please please premier league if you are listening to this pod do not do this again (laughs) (laughs) yeah i doubt it it's it's a tough one for me because people say oh you're happy because you had a good season but from the beginning of the season if you remember guys before before pj joined i told you that this year i'm taking a bit of a step back as in try uh, i wasn't feeling it at the beginning with everything that was going on and I, I took a step back from Twitter. I'm mostly in DMs only. Um, but actually, that's why probably I, I did better than... Well, I mean, I came in this season thinking, right, the last two seasons have been disaster, so I need to do better than that. But, the, but, but I'm caring way too much, so I'm going to take a step back. And I think that's helped me. Um, you know, I, I agree with you. It didn't help planners. But I think it helped people who reacted very quickly and just not dwelled on it. And made made quick decisions, which which is what I did. I made decisions, stuck with them, and 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 yeah, of course you get you get a, li- a little bit of luck. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not the best football season. I don't want this to be the norm because I want it to go back to normal. Um, but I think there's there's a lot a lot to learn f- from this and um, take it on to the next question because it touches on something about what we've all just talked about, which is the bad moments. Uh, nuclear atom at partial impact asks another question how do you react when logical decisions does not go in your favor like you expected i mean we've had loads of those right so for you guys who prepared for that uh wildcard team with uh, leads having a double and then suddenly bam it, it, it was a good decision but shrewsbury have this covid and your team's ruined um there's there's been plenty of games where i know not just me but others captain de Bruyne, it was the right decision he had about 50, 100 shots, hit the bar three times, et cetera, et cetera. And you come out with a four-pointer from a captain. Um, how do you guys deal with it? <laughs> red, red wine. It's not untrue. I mean, look, I think, God, I, I think not very well sometimes. I mean, look at, look at, as we've said, you know, PJ's liable to glass the first person from Shrewsbury that he meets. Like it's, you know, that we, we're not necessarily going to um, <laughs> respond well. I think that, as I, as I said many times, particularly in the first half of this season, I did not respond well to things, whether it was, you know, some something unlucky happening, whether it was someone getting injured or red cards or whatever, or whether it was just um, a seemingly logical decision that, you know, didn't pay off. Um, I did definitely didn't respond well to those. Um, and I found I was quite reactive. And I, that definitely contributed to my season rather than sort of picking things up earlier in the season, me just kind of going down this black hole of despair. Um, so, uh, you know, later and so more recently, I think I've definitely been 
approaching it quite similarly to how you've talked about Mars in terms of how you approached it this season and very much taken a step back. I've kind of just been looking to have a bit of fun and I'm not putting so much pressure on. Um, yeah. to, and, I mean, and you probably see it in the groups, uh, in the yeah. groups, um, and, and PJ will testify to this. When there is a deep uh, discussion, I step away about tactics or who to buy and why and, and stats and stuff. I actually just step away. I'll come back when there's jokes and people winding people up or something else. Uh, just because I made that decision, I thought, you know, I made a decision. I'm not going to go on Twitter to discuss it. I'm not going to sit in a group uh, with people who have their own opinions to, ju- to justify their own choice and then change my mind. If I make a choice, I think for me, if I make a choice and I'm sure about it, and I've said this to Don many times, and, they, and the, then my captain or whatever flops, I'm fine. It's when I'm not sure or when I've been swayed by something else. And I go yeah. against my gut. It's when I really, really hate it. But the one thing that I've done to react over it quickly is just start planning for the next game week. Look at your team. You have a good team. You made good decisions before. It's just a one-off. Try and move forward. Try and, and, and don't, don't dwell on it too much. I think it's natural, though, like you said. We, will, we get angry. We spend so much time on this. It's natural to get angry. But I think it's, it's how you react quickly and how... You know, as they say in poker, don't tilt. Don't, don't make a bad decision because you've just been burnt or, or had something go, uh, not go your way. Uh, PJ, I'm dreading to ask this, but how do you deal with it? Um, well, I think the bottom line is that, is that ultimately I haven't. And um, uh, from, a, from a kind of in-the-moment perspective, um, my, my kind of rage is, is, is relatively short-lived. Um, uh, and that, which, which kind of goes back to the kind of point we kind of keep making when, when it, the games are kind of kick off at once and things didn't go your way, um, that rage only lasts for 10 minutes. Um, but when it's every game, that's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, it might be every single game kind of, kind of eight or nine times over, depending on how well your game week is. So that raises. So I've, I've obviously, um, poured my angst into, tweets uh, uh you could see you know that my uh you know i didn't used to be this aggressive on on, on twitter i didn't i didn't sure. i didn't have to be i didn't have to try and be this um kind of insulting and kind of like funny to try and kind of compensate for anything to the extent where people you know presume i'm 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 randy shafter because i you know of, of just the kind of way that i've kind of felt that i've had to write in order to survive this season so Look, um, you know, the, the one thing I will say is that my season's got a lot better and similar to Kylie's in the last kind of 10, 10 game weeks. I've had eight, eight red hours, eight green hours, rather, in the last nine. And the reason for that is doing exactly what, what you've been saying, Mars. I've been taking a step back from any kind of real kind of advice and anything like that. Um, and I've been um, concentrating solely on two or three players, um, kind of one head to head with with Elf. Uh, um, obviously more for comedic purposes and then two people in my mini league who were just the two people around me who were the only chance I had of winning any cash prizes and I've just focused solely on them and every decision I've made transfer in and out has been based on trying to kind of catch those teams and just bringing that focus back uh, to a much smaller scale we spoke about this with the getting to know with Gianni has just been so much more beneficial to me and I cannot go into another season 
caring about OR or the bigger picture, um, certainly not of a very kind of start of the campaign. I think OR should only really be something you look at and maybe game week 32 and you're kind of like, oh, OK, where am I? Concentrate on your mini leagues, on your small goals. Have fun. And I've, I've just, you know, I let myself, I let, you know, external influences affect me this season, not least Shrewsbury. And, um, you know, ultimately, <laughs> I just want to go away. Have a break and enjoy. For it. any listeners from Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury or whichever way you call it, we love you really. It's not your fault. <laughs> Don, apart from, Don, apart know, from the wine, the fucking squad, bastard. <laughs> Don, apart from the red wine, I know that you like me. In fact, probably more. I, I stayed on Twitter just in DMs. I think you sometimes just came off Twitter completely. Is is that how you? try to deal with this with this season um yeah this this season i've had kind of a few health issues and i kind of suffered from um a bit of depression as well so what i found in general i've kind of stayed off of twitter at times um because i found that it wasn't it wasn't majorly kind of helping um in terms of my mental health not even to do with stress because i haven't really i'm not really someone that gets too stressed or too agitated about fbl um but I've stayed off it in general. But with in terms of the high turnover of games, there has been um, that's that's pretty much what I've tried to do is I've just tried to stay off Twitter and try to do other things um, for for a lot of the weekend and then just focus on the games for a couple of hours for a selected game a day is normally the way I do it. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I've gotten through um through this season and I found it kind of to be the most the most rewarding and the most enjoyable part of it for me. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'll finish it on this because it really means a lot to me and I know that a lot of these people listen to the pod because, because of uh, the friendship that we've made. Find yourself a group of friends that are similar to you that you enjoy talking to. Get in a group of DM and have a laugh. Take the piss out of yourself. Take the piss out of them. Talk, Twitter, when you're talking to thousands of people, sometimes it gets lost, you get lost, you're discussing, maybe you feel that it doesn't matter. But when, you sit, when you're in a group with five, ten people that you become friends with and you're just laughing and talking and it's not solely about FBL, it really does help. I found that the two groups that I'm in that I'm focused on, you guys know, I really enjoyed it. It took away a lot of the FBL pressure with just laughing about it. And I think it's really important Find yourself those people that you love talking to, and just don't focus only on FPL. That that that's what that's what I would. That, that's truth. probably my biggest Bring piece of advice. Bring the human element back. Absolutely. You just after a really really shit week, sometimes you do just actually need to laugh and poke fun of it, poke oh, yeah. fun at it, and that's what largely we've been doing especially those of us who've been absolutely awful like myself and pj um everyone else just laughs at us um you know <laughs> <they're doing> better. <laughs> but sometimes yeah. you, you have to find the comedy in it because absolutely it's just it is something we all enjoy um and it is something we all take seriously we all you know we're here podcasting about it we all invest a lot of time in it our audience invests a lot of time in, in listening to, to podcasts or reading content. Um, so we do take it seriously, but, you know, we do also have to find the humour because it is a hobby and it's something that you don't want to be absolutely torturing you because it's also something that's relatively out of your control. In true, true. Right. I think we've had, you know, a brilliant discussion and I hope listeners uh, enjoy it and, and, and take from it the positives and, 
and maybe take it into next season. Um, a last, a, a very very late question that came in, and I promised to we promised them to look at is uh, club optimized. Uh, it's interesting. They are level on point with another manager. That's amazing. But the other manager has got TC left, and he's confident that he'll play it on Salah. So quick, quick piece of advice, guys. Obviously, you captain Salah if you think the guy is going to triple captain, and you look at them a couple of players that you think could be explosive that they don't have, and you bring them in, and you hope that they make up for whatever Salah if he goes nuclear. Anything else that you would advise to change? We're not going to go through the whole team. We just don't have time. But anything else would you advise? I would not. Um, I mean, maybe that's indicament of how I play, but I would not. Um, I would not captain so, Salah in that circumstances. Yeah, I would definitely captain a different person. Oh really? I want, yeah, I mean, I I understand the logic there because you're you're thinking of you know risk mitigation in, in terms of keeping the gap as between what his triple captain gets and what your captain gets as narrow as possible and trying to recoup elsewhere. But I think I would want to play the odds that whoever I chose for captain outperforms Salah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that that is risky, right? Because you know we've talked a lot about how Salah has motivation and everything. But that person does have a triple captain, and that's what that's what you're up against. So it's kind of balls to the wall time. And I would be going for a you know a high ceiling alternative captain, and hoping for the best. Fair enough. That's all we've had uh, time for tonight. Over back to you, Don. Cheers, Mersey. Um, so the final section of our show, as always, is our captain picks and our transfer plans. And I'll come to you, Kylie, as the lady. Um, tell us your transfer plans for the final game week of the season and also who you're likely to be captaining. Right. In keeping with my recent philosophy, <laughs> I have no idea because I do not uh, have not been overthinking my moves. I, I do have two free transfers. Um, I may, and that there's quite a number of players I'm not willing to, to get rid of, um, I may just sell Shaw. I'll either sell Shaw or I'll bench him um, because, you know, as PJ said earlier, I don't believe that he will play. Um, I think most of my players have a decent decent fixture, um, but I want to use my two free transfers uh, somewhere that feels a bit exciting. I'm in a tricky position because with my forwards, one move will be a forward. I've got Bambi, Bamford, who's fine. Um, I have Benteke and I have Ian Archo. Um, neither of them have, you know, good fixtures. And what they both do have is a very consistent form. Benteke has been like a mascot for me. You know, he's just been my my legend. Um, but do, you know, do I really want to have him against Liverpool over uh, over Antonio? I'm very conflicted. So uh, this will go down to to the wire. I am leaning towards not captaining Salah. I know that we've talked lots about the motivation, but I don't know. I was just watching him play, and you know, every time he was getting beaten to the ball by a Burnley centre back. I mean, I just that was he just didn't look as hungry or as frustrated by himself as I sort of hoped he would be. Um, I wanted to see his selfishness a bit more. I know you guys don't want to see that as Liverpool fans, but you know. I, I kind of want. Oh, I don't think. care as long as long as we win. I, I really don't care. But that's what I, <laughs> your 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 priority is, of course, yeah. on the result for Liverpool. I, however, am very focused on wanting my captain to be extremely selfish. 
but I'm I'm just thinking that I'm going to um, see how it goes to the end of the week and put it on a fun captain. I might captain Antonio. Why not? Why I just want to have fun. That's worked out for me. Frankly, that approach is what has worked out for me for the last few weeks. It'd be nice to have a Trossard slash um, Willow kind of captaincy for this to round out the season. Um, PJ, how about yourself? What's likely to be your plans and your captain pick? Um, Well, I'm going to continue. I'm just focusing on on, on one team now who's who's 10 points ahead of me, um, and she has um, triple leads in kind of Bamford, Rafinha and Dallas. which is obviously a concern because I've got none and they've been killing me recently. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that she will be captaining Salah from a position of strength. She, this particular player always captains um, kind of Salah, Kane, Bruno without question, never never punts. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely be, be continuing to captain Salah. So I'm inclined not to, even though 10 points isn't very much. I, I just look at her team and if I could pick, I would I would rather have hers. I think hers is better set and I would rather have the risk of just a straight captain shootout, um, which I think has a has a higher has a higher chance of success than trying to kind of make it up with with various differentials. So I'm probably gonna captain Trent, um, because I think, you know, Liverpool will be motivated to keep the clean sheet. Um I, I don't see another kind of potential standout captain in my current squad but again not to kind of you know just kind of copy Kylie but if I do get Antonio and he is he is a standout he is a standout captain um I think my my move I'm going to make one move it will either be um Rodrigo coming in to kind of cover leads but as a slightly differential attack or it will be for Antonio um the the that decision will also decide on whether I play Dominic Calvert-Lewin or not so you know all my other positions are set I've got 10 positions you know or nine positions kind of set it's just do I play Calvert-Lewin who's my who's my final striker and you know who do I captain but I think it's probably going to be Trent and yeah let, let's go for it he's due a goal Trent isn't he definitely oh, due definitely a definitely due one <laughs> um and the Mersey what about yourself yeah, Jota and uh, Calvin Lewin at Bamford and Rafinha in. I already made my my mind was set uh, a long time ago. Uh, I already have so I have Antonio and Kane. So to be honest, the third striker that I would want is probably Bamford. I sold Watkins, not interested there as much as I love him. Natural would be so, one that I, I think Leicester will go for it and try to score as many. But I had him, sold him. So I, Leeds at home is where I want to go. I enjoy watching Leeds play. Um, I say that, I know that I'll be glued to one game and one game only, or probably listening to the two other games that impact Liverpool, but when I when I come back and watch Match of the Day, I'd want to see, I, I think Leeds w- w- will put a party on, hopefully, anyway. Um, yeah, Jot, or Jot, Jota's in general, he might play whatever, but um, Calvin-Lewin will go, uh, just because he, Everton bore me to death when I watch them. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I, I'm benching Shaw and Greenwood, so if somebody doesn't turn up and they have a cameo, they will, you know... Well, actually, it's between Shaw and, and Dinia who, who who gets benched. But I think I'll probably start Dinia against the City second eleven and hope he gets an attack in return somehow or something like that. We'll see. But, yeah, move set. And uh, I'm only captaining Salah. I haven't captained him in the last two game weeks. I've, I've gone Kane when everybody else went Salah. But now it's time for more. It's time for more indeed for me. And um, Bobby in for DCL as well. 
So, folks, um, that's all we got time for on tonight's podcast. Been a longer pod tonight, but uh, the final podcast of the season. Um, thanks, you guys, for for joining me and for another great season chatting to you guys about FPL and all the other nonsense we talk about here in the Amigos. Uh, we have been Mars, who you can find at Mars05. Kylie, who you can find at KylieFBL. PJ, who you can find at HinduMonkey. Myself, you can find at the Marble Curse. And of course, make sure you're following our group account at Three Amigos FPL. Thanks as always for listening and your continued support. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we.